Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Here to See It podcast. My name is Taylor, and by the time you're listening to this, I will officially be 23 years old. I don't know about you, but I have always held birthdays in the same regard as New Year's because I feel like it's just a time of new beginnings, a whole new year of my life is about to unfold, so I tend to just do a lot of reflection around this time and just take note of all of the things I've learned in the past year, the past several years. So this episode is going to be a compilation, um, a list essentially of just things that I've learned in the past 23 years. It's going to be 23 things. And as always, take what resonates, leave what doesn't. So let's get into it. Number one, disappoint other people first. I know it sounds harsh, but For the longest time, I would stay in situations that I knew in my gut weren't right for me or do things that I didn't want to do because I was so afraid that I would be disappointing somebody else. I had this intense fear of hurting other people's feelings, so much so that I compromised myself and what I knew was right in order to preserve the emotions of another person. I had this false belief that somehow, I don't even know how, but somehow I was just more equipped and more qualified to handle disappointment and negative emotions and it would be better to be me so that way I would just deal with it and I wouldn't hurt anybody else. But recently I heard this quote by Glennon Doyle in her book Untamed, which absolutely gutted me, so I'm going to share it with you now. It reads... Every time you're given a choice between disappointing someone else and disappointing yourself, your duty is to disappoint that someone else. Pause. (laughs) No, I'm going to read it again because take it in. Every time you're given the choice between disappointing someone else or disappointing yourself, your duty is to disappoint that someone else. And she's right. She's right. I think of how much time and how much energy I would have saved had I disappointed more people. Had I respected my own yeses and respected my own noes. And at least from my experience, people usually aren't as nearly as disappointed as I think they're going to be. So as harsh as it sounds... Even if they are more disappointed, you're not really responsible for their emotions. I mean, obviously, you don't want to intentionally inflict pain on anybody. And if you do have to disappoint someone, you want to be as kind and considerate as possible. But ultimately, you don't want to act in a way that is at the expense of disappointing yourself, disrespecting your own boundaries, and not listening to your intuition. Two. Try not to enter friendships or relationships with the goal or expectation of permanence. Now, I know that this one is really tough because of how dating relationships and friendships are marketed to us. We're told that it has to be a forever thing. And if it works out that way, that's really cool and beautiful. But a lot of the times, that's just not what happens. A lot of times people break up They grow apart, friends have falling outs, and they go their separate ways. And it's really sad, but a lot of the times when it doesn't work out, I've had this 
mentality of I've failed. If we broke up, that means that my relationship with this person ultimately was a failure. My friendship failed because it didn't withstand this this test of time or this obstacle or whatever it was. And in that failure, it wasn't what it was supposed to be because it just didn't last forever. What if what it was supposed to be was something that just lasted a few months or lasted a few years and taught you a lot of lessons that you're gonna take with you either in relationships in the future or just for your own self? What if it was something that ultimately when it ended, you learned everything that you needed to know. That person learned everything that they needed to know from you and it was just better that you went your separate ways. That segues into number three, which is friendship breakups are traumatic and literally nobody talks about it and I don't know why. I'm gonna do a whole episode on friendship, but something that I find really, really crazy is the fact that I see a lot of like therapy posts on Instagram and TikTok and a lot of them are like talking about coping with breakups and how to know if your romantic partner is toxic or how to know if your relationship should end. But I never see posts like that about friendships. And again, I think it has to do with how relationships are marketed to us. And in a lot of TV, movies, pop culture, we see that romantic love takes precedent and friendships fall underneath that. And therefore romantic breakups are just treated as like terrible and friendship breakups are like, oh yeah, they just had a falling out. But we need to talk about that more. Number four, when it comes to things that could possibly make you really happy, try not to limit yourself and be so narrow-minded. I say this because growing up, I put myself in this mental box that I am a creative person and therefore all of my hobbies were creative and I really didn't venture outside of what I knew to be comfortable. And as a result of this, even if there were other things that I had interest in, I didn't pursue them because in my mind, that's just not for people like me or that's just not what I did. And I see this mentality present itself in a lot of different people in a lot of different ways. Either I'm not gonna go kayaking because I'm not athletic. I'm not gonna talk to this person because they're really not my type or they're not the kind of person that I normally hang out with. Or I'm not gonna try this food. I've never tried it before, but I just know I don't like it. How? How do you know? Because what I've noticed about having this type of mentality is that type of food could be your new favorite. That person could be the person that you end up with or could be your new best friend. You know, but you would never know that because of what? Because of this mental box that you keep around yourself. And really, it's restricting the avenues that you could find your joy, right? Because if I box myself as this creative person, and this has happened before, actually, and I found myself in a rut where I really didn't want to create anything, I didn't want to write, what would I do? Where would my joy come from if I didn't have this one thing? If my one friend was busy, if my one source of joy, I lost that, then I would have nothing. And the way I see it is 
we're on this earth for such a short period of time. Like, I'm sorry, I know this is kind of like harsh to say, but we're on this earth for such a short period of time. You're never going to have the opportunity to do everything. So why not do as much as you can and try to enjoy as many things as possible? And you might surprise yourself. And if you don't enjoy it, you know you tried. You know that that just makes for another interesting story. That makes for, hey, I can say that I did that. At least you know you don't like it. But don't let this perception of what should be or how you should be limit the opportunities that come your way. Number five, your adult life starts in your 20s. Now, this is something that I heard pretty recently, actually, and since then, it's provided me a lot of comfort because, like I said earlier, by the time you're listening to this, I will officially be 23 years old in the last year of my early 20s, and the older that I get, the deeper into my 20s I get, the more I feel this pressure to have it figured out. And by this philosophy that your adult life starts in your early 20s, being 23 actually just means that in adult years, I'm three years old. I'm a baby adult. And it made me think back to when I was three years old and how little people expected of me as a three-year-old and how when you're that young, everybody's really compassionate and understanding of the fact that you're just learning about life, you don't really know what you're doing, and you're just sort of finding your way. It's really the same concept in your 20s, that we're all just finding our way. We've been alive for 20 years, but we've, we haven't been adults that long. You know, we're all still finding our footing. And yeah, that's something that's really provided me a lot of comfort and reassurance to know that no three-year-old in child years has it figured out. And a lot of three-year-olds in adult years, aka 23-year-olds, also don't have it figured out. So to stay on trend with feeling like you have to have everything figured out by a certain age or at a certain time in your life, number six is to try not to factor in what other people are doing and other people's timelines when you're trying to figure out what your timeline looks like. And a story from my own experience of doing this is when I graduated high school, I graduated in January when the rest of my classmates graduated in June. And I quite literally left my graduation ceremony in January and started handing out job job applications as soon as possible. And I was set to start college in the fall. I did start college in the fall, but I really shouldn't have. Um, I was very sick at the time and I started with a full-time course load which was just way too much for me. And, you know, that's what everybody else was doing. They were going to college and everybody, you know, worked and went to school and was a full-time student and had all this going on. And um, I didn't acknowledge that. I guess I, I guess I wasn't ready to acknowledge that my situation was different because I was really sick and I thought that I should have the threshold and the capacity that everyone else had to do what they were doing and to be this, you know, college student, and I didn't have that, and as a result of that, I dropped out, and it was really mentally hard for me, and I would tell myself in my head, like, I failed, I dropped out of college, that's so embarrassing, Um, 
And then I kind of tried to rebrand it and was like, you know what? It's fine. Everybody, you know, everybody takes a gap year and changes their major a thousand times. And this is just super normal. And I told myself I was just taking a gap year. And by the end of the year, when the next school year started, I had to be back in college because it was already embarrassing enough that I dropped out once. And, you know, at that point, all of my peers were now a grade above me and I just couldn't have that. So as I intended, I started college that year, but because I didn't listen to myself, because I knew in my gut I wasn't ready to go back and I went back anyway, I ended up dropping out again and it made me feel a million times worse dropping out of college twice. Now, I joke that I was a three-peat freshman in college, but has pretty consistently been on the dean's list and I'm doing so much better academically and mentally and I'm actually going to graduate in the spring with my associate's degree, which is something that I never would have been able to do had I just tried to stick it out and do what I thought was right, not because it was right for me or because it made sense with where my life was, but just because it was what the crowd was doing. The way that I see it now, though, is in two years, I'm going to be 25 regardless. So why not be 25 with a bachelor's degree? Even if everybody else got theirs at 21 and 22, and that's great that they got to do that, but my life looked different and that's okay. And that doesn't mean that because I got it a little bit later that it's less of an accomplishment or that it's less important. And, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, I feel like dropping out the two times that I did to come back and do really well is something that I'm even more proud of because once I graduate and I get to the destination in this whole journey here, I will have not have only learned the coursework and the academics to earn the degree, but in my college experience, I can also say that I learned when I need to step away, when I have too much on my plate, when my plate it just isn't big enough, um, how to set those boundaries, how to know when it's time to step away and when it's time to step forward and be like, you know, I can do this. Just because I couldn't do it at this point in my life it doesn't mean that I can't do it ever. And that wasn't my time. That's okay. This is my time and I am going to absolutely crush it. And that's exactly what's happened. Number seven, sometimes the toughest choices to make are the best ones. When I had to leave college, both times, when I've had to leave different relationships or friendships or jobs or, you know, make a choice to not be a part of something anymore or to not do something that was once what I wanted to do, it was really hard for me to feel like I was letting myself down, like I was letting other people down that they were judging me when the reality was I was probably judging myself way more than they were. It was something that hurt really bad in the moment, but in making them, I knew I was doing the right thing and I knew that there would be a version of myself later on that would thank me. Number eight, you shouldn't have to know what someone else is going through in order to treat them with kindness. I say that because I've been in a few situations where, um, I've been really snappy or sometimes rude or I just come off the wrong way to someone that's 
either, you know, I'm frustrated and I kind of lash out in the moment and then later on I learn like, oh, you know, this person is going through something that maybe they're not at their best today and what they gave was the best that they could for what they were going through and, and for that day. And I've also been on the side of the situation where I was going through a lot and other people treated me really poorly and I couldn't help but think like if they knew what I was actually going through and if they knew the reason that this was happening or the reason that I was this way, they wouldn't treat me like this. And as someone that's been on both sides of that coin, I've just kind of come to the conclusion that you shouldn't have to know that. Number nine is actually kind of a philosophy that I had for romantic relationships. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized how applicable it is to just friendships and really any sort of meaningful relationship in your life. And it's to find someone that you love more than you like and that you respect more than you love. And my thought process behind this is when you're with someone in a meaningful way, whether that's, you know, friends, dating, whatever, you're two completely different people and you're not going to agree on everything. And there's going to be a time inevitably where this person does things that you don't like. And obviously this isn't defending any sort of mistreatment or abuse, just differences. And you want to be with someone that even if you don't like what they're doing, you love them. And the love is stronger than whatever that other feeling is. And to respect someone more than you love them kind of accepts the fact that as we move and grow and change, it's possible that you may not love that person anymore at a certain point or vice versa. But even if that day comes where you don't love them anymore or they don't love you anymore, you want to have that respect that isn't contingent on love. You want to be respected as a person and respect that other person. I think that operating in this mindset is something that can make a lot of split ups and falling outs more amicable because it really prioritizes um, honesty and respect and transparency to everyone involved. Number 10 is, I think this past year, I've really learned and started to prioritize being present in the moment. I've historically done this thing where I've either used my dreams for the future or nostalgia from the past to distract me from the present moment. And I think at one point it was a method of coping. And even once I got to a point where I didn't necessarily need to cope anymore, I had just gotten into the habit of doing it and it was just what I did. And because of that, not only did I block out a lot of negative, I blocked out a lot of positive. And I think not being present can show up in a lot of ways. For example, I love concerts. And for the longest time, whenever I would go to the concerts, I would be on my phone, I would be recording. And I don't really feel the need to do that as much anymore because I think about it. And the whole point of going is to be there live, to be there in person and to see it. And a lot of the times cameras and photos and videos don't really do it justice anyways. You just have to be there. And I think with social media too, it really prioritizes what things look like. And it puts such an emphasis on showing things that are visually appealing, but 
over time I've realized that I care a lot more about how my life and how my memories feel than how they look. And that's not to say that I've completely given up taking photos or videos at concerts or other events like that, because I obviously haven't, but the difference now is that I don't let it impact my experience there. I really prioritize the music and the time that I'm having, and I don't get upset if I don't get a certain song recorded, because so many people are doing the exact same thing as you that even if you don't take that photo or you don't take that video, at least 10 other people have, and they're all gonna be online that night anyway. So just relax and have a good time. Be in that moment because that's what you're showing up for. You're showing up at live music to be live. Number 11 is actually inspired by Taylor Swift and the speech that she made at the NYU commencement earlier this year. And in this speech, she talks about the idea of being cringy and how at some point everyone is going to look back and cringe. And it's unavoidable. It's funny because it's true. I think that we can't let the idea of if it's cringy now, if it's going to be cringy in five to ten years, deter us from doing the things that we want to do. If you're not looking back at your life and cringing at some points, you're not growing. One of my biggest fears is being the same person at 40 than I was at 20. And my hope is that I will look back and cringe. And believe me, that has already happened. So I know I'm on the right track. But it's just something that you can't let deter you from doing what you want to do or hinder your enthusiasm. Even if it's something that you don't think is cringe and other people think is cringe and you're worried about what other people think because they're like, oh, that's embarrassing that you like that or you're into that or whatever. That's what brings you joy. And if anything, it's embarrassing for them to care so much and want to discourage something that brings another person joy when it's just harmless. It's fun. So number 12 is a piece of advice that I was given when I was about 12 years old. And even in that moment where the advice was being given, I knew that this was something that I was going to carry with me for the rest of my life. And to give it some context, I was confiding in a teacher that I had at the time about a lot of hardship that I was going through and a lot of things in my home life that were very upsetting to me. And my thoughts were that this isn't supposed to happen to me. I can't believe this is happening to me. I don't know what to do with this. And this teacher had looked at me and had given me a piece of advice that his grandmother had given him. I went to the store to buy apples and somehow came home with peaches. And then I learned all of the things that I could make with peaches. And that really resonated with me because sometimes I just can't help but think, what I could have made had I gotten the apples, what things could have been like had they gone the way that I wanted them to or the way that I think that they should have. And I don't always recognize what can be made with the peaches that I have, what can be made with the cards that I actually have and not what I feel that I deserve or what I wish I had. I think that it's such an important sentiment to carry because it just makes you really grateful for what you have and makes you realize that the cards that you're dealt can still be played somehow. And sometimes you have to get creative with it. Sometimes you have to just really figure it out. And it's really tough, but it can be done. Number 13 is something that I've really taken observation of in my 20s, that you actually have to actively try and get to know people. And 
I feel like growing up in public schools, I was kind of spoiled in a sense because I feel like my class sizes were always pretty big. They were always surrounded by people your age. You show up to the same place every single day for six, seven hours a day you're with these people. You kind of can't help but get to know them. There were people that I didn't, I may not have been friends with or known very well personally, but I knew things about them by default just based on my proximity to them. At least for me, as somebody that didn't go to college and graduate college on that four years straight out of high school timeline, I went from being surrounded by a bunch of people my age every single day to just not. I was kind of like, how do I meet people now? What do I do? Where do I go to make new friends? Because a lot of my coworkers were older than me. A lot of people that I was friends with had just taken different paths. I realized that you really have to try and build relationships now. The thing also with being in school is that the friends that you make in school are typically the people that you click the most with out of that entire classroom. Take that in comparison to how many people there are on a decent sized college campus or how many people there are that are the same age, same interests as you in the same city. And you realize that it's really slim pickings. You really don't have a lot of options. I think the other thing to take into consideration too is the fact that when people graduate high school, whether or not they go to college, they change a lot. And it's really cool and like really interesting to see because I feel like once people get out of being in the same grade as like everybody and everybody knowing everybody's business because you're all with each other six or seven hours a day, once you break free of that, it's really liberating. And I've seen a lot of people changed in the sense that they've become who they always really were on the inside or who they always wanted to be, but maybe didn't feel comfortable or safe doing so because of judgment. And a lot of times when that happens, you can find yourself making new friends that way because maybe in high school, they weren't somebody that you thought that you would be super close friends with or they didn't run in the same circles or on the surface level appear similar to you in any way. But once you're out of that environment, you realize how similar you are. So all of that to say that if anyone listening to this is in that weird transitional period between high school and college or high school and the workforce, you are completely not alone. This is a really weird feeling, but I promise everybody else is probably feeling it too and you will find your people. So this is all actually a pretty good segue into number 14. Number 14 is actually something that started as a joke, but it's really stuck over time, and it is to rebrand your insecurities. So the way that this all started was because I have always been insecure about the fact that despite being the type of person that could just talk to anybody and you know socializes with people wherever I go, I never really had a core friend group. Now, don't get me wrong. I had friends, but I've always had one-on-one -on -one friendships and they've always sort of been with a wide range of people that either didn't know each other or weren't really friends with each other. And I would see all of these tight-knit groups and cliques and I just never felt like I had that group of just core people. And whenever I was in a group, I just never felt like I fit. I never really felt like I belonged. And it wasn't until recently that I realized what a strong suit it is to be able to have a bunch of different friends from a bunch of different places and that I wasn't tied down by having a core group. 
I think that as much as I was insecure about it back then, it's something that I'm actually really proud of in my adulthood because it's allowed me to be open to such a wide variety of people and I really didn't limit myself as to who I could or should hang out with, be friends with, etc. Number 15 is to try and live outside of your hometown for at least one stage of your life. I would always see these social media posts about you have to get out of your hometown and you know move out of the state and move across the country and you'll see just how different the world is. And if you have the desire, the means, the opportunity to do that, so be it. But even if you don't, just being in a different zip code can drastically change your perspective. Number 16 is that you are fun without alcohol. I know that this probably sounds like the most basic thing ever, but honestly, I don't think a lot of people realize this. Personally, I don't mind being around people drinking. I don't mind if other people drink. I just don't really like the way that alcohol makes me feel physically. I just don't feel good, and I don't want to put something in my body that I know is going to make me feel like crap. So I personally just choose to avoid it, but... I've been in social situations where alcohol is served and I just don't want it. And people, I know it's joking, but people will say things like, oh, come on, have some, have fun, or oh, you're no fun, you don't want to drink with me. And luckily, I'm not somebody that's ever really succumbed to peer pressure and I'm not somebody that gets offended by those things. But I do think that it's really sad that a lot of people actually feel that way, that they can't have fun without it, or that if somebody else chooses not to, that they're not fun. And if you are one of those people that just says no, whether it's because you just don't want to, or you're on a journey to sobriety, whatever that looks like for you, it's valid and it's okay. And the people that love you know how fun you are, will want to spend time with you and think that you are fun whether or not there are substances involved. Number 17 is to ask. You never know what the answer is going to be if you don't ask. Just to piggyback off of number 16, if you ask and they say no, obviously respect the no, but I have been so surprised by all of the things that have been able to happen just because I asked. A few months ago, I was searching to buy a gift for somebody and I knew the store that I wanted to go to, but I wasn't exactly sure what I was looking for. So I went in, I was just looking around, and I kind of got an idea of what I wanted. And it was wine glasses. I was going to buy them custom wine glasses, but the glasses I was looking at, the only ones I saw, were way out of my price range. And I was just like, oh crap. So long story short, I started talking to the employee. And we were just talking about, you know, the occasion and gifts and, you know, good things to get. And she goes, you know, if you want wine glasses, why don't you get this wine glass instead? And when I tell you, she pointed me to a wine glass that honestly I thought looked better than the original set that I had picked out that were a fraction of the price. And... Those glasses that she pointed me to came with free customization and I wanted them customized. I would have paid probably three times the price for pretty much the same thing had I not asked. And that is just one of many stories 
that show why you should just ask. The way that I see it is there are so many people in this world and every single one of them knows something that you don't. So if there's something that you need to know or something that you'd like, just ask. If they say no, respect it. Maybe it's a not now, maybe it's just a no, but at least you have the answer. Number 18 is actually a pretty practical one. It's that recently I've been trying to be really intentional with what I own. For a while, I was the type of person that needed to have a new outfit every time that an event would come up and somehow I would still have nothing to wear even after getting all of these new outfits. And that's really not a sustainable way to live. It wastes money, it wastes space, it's not good for the environment. So recently I've been a lot more intentional with clothing and I'm broadening that to just different items in my life. When it comes to clothes specifically, whenever I do shop for clothes, I try to buy something that I can think of several different uses that I could get out of it as I'm standing with it in the store. When I'm getting food, I try to think of different recipes I can make with the same vegetable, the same fruit, just to make sure it doesn't go to waste and just being really intentional with what we consume because I think especially with influencer culture and social media and all of the stuff that we see just going on our phones every day, it's really encouraging this mass consumption that isn't sustainable for our wallets, for our planet, and any way to try and combat that, I think is pretty good. Number 19 is something that I've learned makes people feel really special, heard, and appreciated, and it's trying to remember the little details about the people that you meet, whether it's just their name or their birthday or something that they've shared about themselves, whether it's an interest or the vacation they're taking. Taking the time to really listen to people and really retain what they're telling you is something that I think a lot of people undervalue. And just even a little happy birthday, how are your kids, how was your weekend, can make somebody feel really heard, valued, appreciated, and you wouldn't believe that just a little goes a long way. Number 20 is to be aware of the fact that the most precious and valuable resource that we're ever going to have is time. It is something that none of us know how much we have, and once it's gone, we're not going to get it back. So really just try to spend it wisely. Number 21 is that it's really important to try and start taking care of yourself as early as possible. Whether that's taking care of your body and mind by eating right, exercising, finding hobbies, having a good sleep schedule, drinking enough water, taking care of your skin, setting things up for financial goals and just saving money. It's really important to start thinking about your future self and making decisions now that'll ensure you a happier and healthier life down the line. Number 22 is to really start practicing self-love. I say this because a lot of people will say, oh, when I reach a certain weight or a certain status or a certain accomplishment, then I'll be worthy of confidence, of love, and so on. And you are worthy just as you are now of all of those things. And don't get me wrong, it's great to have goals and visions for the future, but just know that your worth isn't contingent on any of them. And closing this out with number 23 in honor of my 23rd birthday is to find reasons to celebrate. 
You don't have to wait until it's a holiday or a birthday or a quote-unquote special occasion to celebrate the fact that you're alive and have fun and do things out of your comfort zone. Celebrate because it's Wednesday. Celebrate waking up this morning if you need to because as we all know, there is no shortage of terrible things happening in this world and every now and then, it's nice to spice it up with a little celebration just because. And with that being said, thank you so much for celebrating my 23rd birthday with me by listening to this episode. There is no better way that I could think to spend it with you. And and feel free to follow the podcast Instagram at htsi.pod. Let me know what other episodes you'd like to hear. And I've got some really exciting episodes planned. I think we're going to be rolling them out on a bi-weekly basis. A lot of great things are coming. I just hope you're here to see it.